Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the On The Brink podcast. I am here with my cousin, actually, Brooke. And I'm really excited to have her on today because not only is she my cousin, but I would consider her a friend. And we are just about the same age or the same year in school, but just a little bit apart in age. And so we've really grown up like in the same year in school. We went to totally different colleges. Um, Brooke grew up in Ohio. I grew up in Illinois, obviously. Um, but we've stayed close through those years. And Brooke's path is totally, totally different from mine, but it makes it very interesting. And I'm really excited for her to share her path into nutrition and dietetics with us today. So welcome to the podcast, Brooke. Thanks, Emily. Glad to glad to be here. Yeah. So why don't you tell my listeners a little bit about your background and who you are? Sure. So you touched on it. Um, probably the biggest part of my life right now is nutrition and dietetics. I graduated um, same year as Emily, so 2017, with my um, bachelor's in nutrition and dietetics with an emphasis in food innovation and entrepreneurship. Um, which is a mouthful. And then I kind of spent a couple years doing this and that. And now I am in a master's program for nutrition and dietetics, which is also um, a dietetic internship, which is how you become a registered dietitian. So there's a couple steps to it. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at now. And uh, something that we, in between, um, 2017 and 2020, I was working in sales for a little bit, and I worked for the Greater Chicago Food Depository doing um, some more community public health oriented things. So I've been all over the place a little bit and um, kind of now um, on a on a more focused track, I guess. Yeah, so you spent, like you said, a few years kind of figuring out what you wanted to do even though you did start with nutrition and dietetics and then kind of explored some different avenues, you might say. And so you've spent time in Chicago, St. Louis, Ohio. You've kind of been all over the place doing a whole bunch of different things. Um, so how were those in-between years for you? Yeah, so um, I think after finishing undergrad, I was exhausted um, that degree was so much work and I felt like I didn't have a chance to breathe, um, you know, barely sleeping. So, um, I didn't get a chance really to think about what it is exactly I wanted to do, um, what I was able to do with this degree. So it kind of led me to a couple years of just like not even knowing what I was doing. Um, but I think it's pretty typical of people in their twenties. And I think you could definitely do I mean, I know I could talk for a whole episode on just what it was like to graduate college and not know what to do. Um, and that was kind of the first time in my life where I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing and wasn't having success with what I wanted to be doing. Um, you know, as pretty high achieving younger children, it, it was um, kind of jarring. So there were some difficult years, but I think they like now that I've started my master's program, I feel very sure of it. Um, so even though those years were pretty difficult, I feeling really energized and like I'm really in the right place and I know it because I've 
I've known that I wasn't in the right place and what that felt like. So yeah, they were hard, but they've definitely, um, they've been worth it, but I've only realized that recently. So, but sometimes that's what it takes. Like Mm -hmm. you have to kind of figure it out sometimes and that's hard, but you're in the place you want to be right now, which is getting your master's degree. And for those of us who don't know a lot about nutrition and dietetics, which is definitely Mm -hmm. me, um, I know nothing about that program at all. Um, Can you explain a little bit about what it is that you actually do and like why it's so difficult? Yeah, absolutely. So to give an overview of what the profession is, how you become an RD, a registered dietitian, um, you have to have a bachelor's degree from accredited university. Um, So a four-year degree in nutrition and dietetics. And then you have to do, as of right now, a dietetic internship. So um, this is 1,200 hours of supervised practice in, they kind of break it up into three chunks, clinical, community, and food service. Most dietetics positions can kind of fall under those a little bit. Um, And then starting in 2024, Uh, you will be required to get your master's degree in order to become a registered dietitian. Um, So it it takes a while to get there. It's pretty expensive (laughs) to get there. Um, You know, people think internship, but it's maybe not the right word for it. It's pretty costly um, endeavor, which is also a whole nother issue of the accessibility of, you know, becoming a dietitian and why there really aren't that many of us. I think there are, don't quote me on this, but maybe around 3,500 students every year who are in dietetic internships. So it's kind of how many we're getting out of an internship every single year. Um, Yeah, and dietitians, I guess what they do um, is pretty different from what I think people think they do. Like, do you have to ask you a question? What do you think dietitians do? Maybe I can tell you if you're right. <laughs> yeah, I feel like dietitians are like re-evaluating. This is probably totally wrong. No, but probably. I want to hear it, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know think about it. I would say like probably going through like what the nutritional guidelines are like so like when I think about dietetics which I know again I know nothing about I think like when I was growing up like we were taught the food pyramid that was like something that we were taught and it's like who created that I would think like a dietitian probably did hopefully um and so I would think that dietitians probably are like creating those guidelines and like updating them and then you know like I don't know if like a nutritionist is along the same sort of line, but like giving nutrition advice and, Mm -hmm. and like creating diets for people, not, not like in the sense that you're trying to like lose weight or anything, but just like, like a healthy diet as a general thing. Is that totally way off? No, I think you're, you're on the right track for sure. Like I would hope that dietitians were involved in the um, pyramid as well, which, um, just as a side note, the food pyramid's not a thing anymore. Right. You didn't know my plate, which, you know, is controversial, but, um, (laughs) I, so 
to address the nutritionist dietitian thing, um, that's actually important for people to understand is that registered dietitians, that the title of dietitian is protected. So if you are a dietitian, you have, you know, completed this program, passed um, the board exams and, you know, you're registered and, and state by state, you could be a licensed dietitian, but dietitian in general, like you have to finish those hours of practice and soon to be your master's. Um, nutritionist, anyone can use. So while I graduated with my four year degree in nutrition, I could call myself a nutritionist and that's really not wrong, I guess, you know, <laughs> like I have a degree in nutrition, but you also could call yourself a nutritionist today if you wanted to after taking a 12-week course on who knows what. Um, it's not a protected term. So um, just if you're looking at, you know, especially influencers online and you want to know who really has the credentials, unless they're a registered dietitian, I don't, or an NDTR, which is a two-year degree, with another test, but you don't see a lot of them. So um, registered dietitian or bust, basically. So, um, That's, That's so interesting and like really important to know. Right, yeah. And I think after I finished my four-year degree, that was kind of almost hard for me to hear because I was like, well, I'm a nutritionist and I know things. And it's like, well, yes, I did. And I still, I still do, you know, I technically haven't really done much of my master's, uh, but it's just, it's not protected. So while I knew things, other people, you know, might not. So um, if you really want to trust someone, a dietitian, but kind of what dietitians do, you were on the right track in terms of like, they create diets for specific disease states. That's what like um, an outpatient dietitian would work with you if you had diabetes maybe and you needed to follow a specific diet to control your blood sugars. Um, but dietitians in hospitals will kind of do some of that education as well, but they might be calculating what goes into your tube feeding if you can't eat. Um, dietitians in the community run public health programs and food service management in a hospital, the person running a kitchen, there's going to be food service staff, but there's always a dietitian there who is running everything as well. So um, schools and hospitals kind of like that. So dietitians are pretty heavily involved in a lot of different things, I guess. Nice. So what would you say, like, what kind of dietitian would you want to be if you had to pick right now, which is putting you on the spot and you have not, you barely just started your master's degree. So obviously things can change, but like, if you had to choose today, not having done your internship or anything yet, what kind of dietitian do you think you would want to be? Um, that's a great question. And I think right now I'm leaning towards private practice and I would really be interested in counseling and private practice. And this goes along a lot with my culinary training and having a food philosophy that might be a little bit different from a lot of dietitians. Like dietitians, while we all get the same kind of training, we can definitely have different ideas about things, you know, just like doctors and other healthcare professionals. Um, but I'm also aware that you can't, you can, but I 
wouldn't feel ready to go right into private practice out of um, like straight out of school. I would want to have seen things maybe in a clinical setting. Um, so there's that kind of idea, but I also really like education and teaching people, which is kind of where I think the private practice aspect comes in. So if it comes down to like working in a school or higher ed or something like that, I would be really interested in that as well, which I know is more than one answer, but. <laughs> no, I mean, you still have to like figure it out anyway. Um, and you just started your master's, so that makes sense. Yeah. So what now, okay, we're gonna get into a special segment, which I'm really excited about, but um, before we get into the special segment, I want to ask you what you think the importance of new, this is kind of a broad question, but the importance of nutrition, since this is a podcast about being in your twenties, what the importance of nutrition being in your twenties is. Yeah. Okay. Before we, before I say anything, I guess I should, I want to preface it. Um, like any good healthcare professional is before like go talk to your doctor if you have actual questions about your personal health and do not take anything I say as prescribed for you specifically if you're listening to this um just to put that out there I'm not a dietitian yet and um this is just what I'm learning but um in your 20s you know this is kind of the height of your health um once you especially for women once you hit 30 your bone mass peaks your bone density and it just goes kind of downhill from there. So you can keep building your calcium stores right now and increasing that bone density for the next couple of years. And then, um, then you kind of got to live with what you got. You can try to keep it, but you're not going to be able to kind of build it up. So, um, that's one thing specifically, especially for females, that's, um, important to kind of consider, but yeah, just considering that, your health right now is going to have an impact on your health as you get older. Um, and it's only going to get harder as you get older to keep up your health. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of things you can do now to, um, not, or try to delay or not run into, um, pretty typical diseases that we see like diabetes, cardiovascular disease, and things that, it almost seems inevitable because everyone gets something once they get older, it, it seems like, you know, so there's a lot you can do. It's important. Good to know. I need to, I need all these tips. I know calcium and vitamin D, they have to work together. So, so what do you get your calcium mostly from? What do you get your calcium from, I mean, obviously dairy products, some fruits and vegetables, um, I would have to, I wouldn't quote any specifically that I know for sure, but definitely um, fruits, vegetables, and dairy products. But, you know, it's Googling does how much calcium does this have versus this, like, isn't, isn't going to do you wrong, really. Um, or looking up daily values for what you need specifically. Like, you might be able to get a, a good... Um, idea of that. There's really no harm in that. Um, it's pretty hard to get a toxicity of those things. So if you want to increase whatever it is, like look up, you know, look up foods you like and see if they have, um, what you think you need to increase. 
and eat some more of those. Pretty simple. (laughs) So this leads me into my segment that I'm very excited about. And this is um, going through some myths or ideas, maybe misconceptions that I or other people have told me about nutrition and, um, and different diets and things. So, and I just thought of another question while we were just talking. So I'm going to ask that one first because before I forget it. So when you say like, okay, we might need more calcium in our diet or more of this or that vitamins, um, is it beneficial to take a vitamin? You know, I think so, but I don't rely on it. I think you should be able to get everything you need for the most part from your diet. I take a multivitamin just in case there's one week where I don't have enough variation in my diet. Um, and it kind of is like my security because like I mentioned, it's pretty difficult to get, if you're a normal healthy person, it's pretty difficult to have a toxicity in vitamins and minerals. Um, so a toxicity, meaning you've there's an upper limit, um, of the amount of that specific vitamin or mineral. And then you go over that, that would be a toxicity. Um, but that's pretty difficult to get to. So, um, I take one, if you can afford it, I don't think it's a bad thing. Just a multivitamin, especially for women, a women's daily multivitamin can help you with that calcium vitamin D that you need. Um, but it's not necessary by any means if you are really good about varying your diet. Good to know. I probably should keep taking mine because um, my diet is a little limited, but I'm going to yeah. go into that in a moment. Um, so, cause I also don't want to make this about me being picky, but everyone will know after this episode uh, <laughs> about my eating habits. So before we talk about that, um, I want to ask about different kinds of diets. So, I live with a person who's vegan or like pescatarian and what are the like pros and cons of that kind of a diet? Yeah. So I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with being vegan. I love eggs too much to ever go vegan. Um, the one thing about being vegan that I, I think most vegans know, but, um, it's, almost impossible to get enough complete proteins and complete proteins, meaning that they have all of the essential amino acids that you need to get from your diet. Um, so there are essential and non-essential amino acids and your body makes some, but it can't make all of them. And so there are nine that you need from your diet. Most of them are fairly bioavailable in meats and animal products. So if you eat a um, omnivore's diet, or even if you're vegetarian and maybe you have eggs or um, dairy, other animal products, you could probably be getting all of those. Um, But it's pretty difficult as a vegan to get all of those. There are very few what we call complete proteins. Um, I think quinoa is an example of a complete protein. Um, So I think vegans know that they need to be supplementing. Um, I think it's B12 that most of them supplement with. And um, I haven't done a lot 
of work with the vegan diet. So I'm not sure if there's anything else they need. And I would definitely, if you're thinking about going vegan, talk to your doctor about it, talk to a dietitian because there is a risk to like not be getting everything you need. And I think so many people just kind of say like, Oh, I'm going to go vegan. And they don't tell a healthcare professional about it. And maybe they don't know that they can't get everything they need. Um, and that can be really detrimental to your health. Um, so that would be my, um, warning for vegans, but there's nothing wrong with eating, especially if it's something you feel really passionate about. Um, if it's something you're doing specifically for health, I would say there are other ways to be healthy that are, you know, less expensive, less difficult in, um, your daily life, which is something we talk about a lot. Like how difficult is, um, this diet that you're on going to be when you're out for dinner with friends, when you're, you know, at, at a friend's house and they're making you dinner and, um, you know, situations like that where it's, it's much easier to be flexible. Um, it's very important when thinking about your diet and your lifestyle. So, right. Yeah. Right. Okay. That is a great answer. Um, that I would not have thought of I do I mean I've, I've heard some of these things since I do live. Yeah. Um, my roommate is vegan but mm-hmm. she became more of like pescatarian so she does yeah. um, occasionally like eat eggs and fish so mm-hmm. so yeah it's very interesting um but I'm not vegan so this is not a personal um thing that I have to worry about which is good um okay so other diets like the I've heard of like the keto diet is that mm-hmm. good bad Yeah. So, and that was kind of a point that I was leaning into saying what's going to be easy for your lifestyle. Um, Fad diets in general do not work well with people's lifestyles. Um, So they're pretty difficult to implement and the way they work is only while you're on them. And then at some point, most people come off of them and they what people are usually doing for fad diets are trying to lose weight. They just gain all their weight back. Um, That's where you see the yo-yo dieter. And that honestly can almost be worse for your health than being at a higher weight. If you're going up and down and up and down, that can totally mess with your metabolism. Your body just does not like that. It likes to be at, at one weight. So, um, Fad diets are not good for you. <laughs> People keto. There are certain diets that there's research shown that they work with specific disease states. So right now there's a lot of research being done with the ketogenic diet and epilepsy, um, which has to do with the ketones that your brain runs on in this ketogenic diet. Um, Generally, people on the ketogenic diet are not actually in ketosis, which is a very difficult, like that's a, that's a too much of a science talk, but um, I say don't do them, you know, try not to. There's no reason um, for most people to be on these diets and you're going to be better off. You're just, you're going to be unhappy on them (laughs) or especially with the ketogenic diet, which I know is like really popular right now. It just, people do lose weight on it because one reason or another, there's 
you know, a couple theories. But the minute you go back to not being on the ketogenic diet, you will gain all that weight back. Um, and you can find a lot of stories on that online. So stay away. This is not new, new news. Um, just don't do that. I won't go on the ketogenic diet. I won't do it. I won't go on any diet, honestly, but um, I'll stay away from that one. So the next question I have is whether breakfast, this is an idea that I've, or like um, something that I've heard and I don't know mm-hmm. where I've heard it from, probably like some, you know, news source that who knows if it's credited or not, but I've heard that breakfast is like the most important meal of the day and it's very bad to skip it. Is this true? Um, I would say generally, no, that's not true. Um, and I think I'm not sure, but I think that was some sort of like marketing ploy by some breakfast food company, honestly. So you have to watch out for stuff like that. Um, breakfast is not the most important meal of the day. If you don't eat breakfast, it's not the biggest deal. However, if you're hungry when you wake up, like by all means eat breakfast, you know, um, it really is just about what works with your lifestyle. So like I'm a snacker, (laughs) I like will get up and eat a little something and have some coffee. And then like maybe at 11, I want to eat like a fuller breakfast and I wake up at 6.30, you know? So, and then I'll eat lunch at two. And it's just, that's what works with my lifestyle because I'm in classes and that's just like how, um, how things work for me. So I don't necessarily eat when, when it's supposed to be dinner time. You know, it's 6.45 right now. I haven't eaten dinner yet. I don't feel like I need to eat dinner right now. I'll probably eat at eight. You know, like it just, it's whatever makes sense for you. Um, there's a concept called intuitive eating, which works for some people, which is just kind of focusing really trying to pay attention to when you are actually hungry and eating when you're hungry and getting to a level of fullness that you feel comfortable, but not like you couldn't eat another bite. Um, which is something I think a lot of us could work on, but again, could do a whole podcast on intuitive eating. Um, but yeah, breakfast is not the most important meal of the day. Eat when you're hungry, pay attention to what works with your schedule and what your body needs and you'll be fine. That's so interesting because I've always kind of wondered like if it's bad for me to like have lunch at like an off time or like sometimes I'll sleep in and I like some days I wake up and I have to go sing at the church so I'm up at like six in the morning and that's rare for me because I'm not really a morning person so if I can avoid it I do. So what I do is like I have coffee consistently like I have coffee all the time but I don't have breakfast all the time. I only have breakfast if I know, like, I'm going to have my singing gig. I'm going to get tired. Like, I'm going to need something more than just my coffee because I'll be singing for, like, four hours at a time. And But then that throws me off. Like, because if I do have breakfast versus if I don't, and then, like, what time I'm home or not home and, like, trying to figure out meals and stuff. And I've always wondered if that really makes a difference. So that's really interesting that you said that it doesn't really matter. It's like what works for you. Right. Well, and depending on what you put in your coffee, just thinking about, um, what I know about you and what I know about me, (laughs) 
I drink pretty much black coffee or maybe like a splash of cream. So that is not going to do a lot to keep me full, but I'm going to make an assumption about you and maybe other people who put a lot more milk or creamer in and then some sort of sweetener, which is going to have sugar in it, which is going to affect your blood sugar, which is going to affect how you feel and how hungry you are. So that also as a factor, I think a lot of people don't think about what's going into their coffee, especially and how that changes how they're feeling. Oh, but we should do a whole episode on coffee and how bad my mochas are for me. You know, foods are not good or bad, and I won't get on too much of a soapbox, but if you enjoy your mochas, you should enjoy them okay. and not call them bad. Well, I do. I do enjoy them. It's kind of an addiction at this point, but it's better. Long story short, I had an addiction, like a real problem because I was drinking two shots of espresso in a mocha every single day for months. Yeah. And then it was like, it, it hit me hard and I ended up getting headaches every day and I like wanted to figure out what was causing them. So I cut caffeine out completely, but I kind of went cold turkey and that was a bad idea. And then I had like worse withdrawal from that. But then after all of that, I decided that a little bit was okay. So now I've been on the path of like one shot of espresso max, but it's pretty much every day still, which is not great. You know, I've, I've been in your shoes. (laughs) I've had it too, especially when things get busy. Sometimes I have to do like a check with myself and cut out the caffeine for a week as like a reset. I don't actually know if that does anything, but I I do that sometimes. Yeah, Yeah, I I need my caffeine and I'm okay to have that. I just have to be mindful of like where the sugar is in other parts of my day maybe. But um, that brings me then to my personal question um, of my pickiness and I mean, I eat a lot of sugar and I'm very picky. Um, I feel pretty fine. Like most of the time I feel okay. I don't feel like sluggish or anything. And I don't feel, and I've actually gotten better. I would say over the last few years, like I definitely eat a lot more fruit and a lot more vegetables. Um, I mean, there was a point in time not that long ago that I didn't even eat salad. Like I wouldn't eat salad and now I eat salad. So, you know, I've, I've incorporated new foods in my diet, but how is it, I mean, my pickiness is very specific, but like, is pickiness a bad thing? Yeah. So I think pickiness only becomes a bad thing when you are not able to get all of the nutrients you need, um, because of your pickiness. So, um, I think you've done a very good job of getting better, but I think like I've, you know, were I a student dietitian when we were younger, I might have been concerned about your the nutrients you were or were not getting. Um, because if you don't eat any fruits or vegetables, we've got a problem. You know, like you are not going to get everything you need. Um, probably really difficult to get enough fiber too. Um, you know, just eating basically grains. Um, not even whole grains. Like, I don't know. I mean, I don't remember what you did or didn't eat, but, um, it's okay to have things that you like and don't like. Um, as kids, we are supposed to try things and it could take us 
up to 10, 10 times being introduced to whatever that food is before we even feel comfortable trying it or like it. Um, that's a lot of times to put a certain food in front of a kid and have them just refuse it. Um, so I think a lot of us don't get exposed to certain foods. Um, I think there can be other things when it comes to picky eating that's sort of beyond the scope of a dietitian. that's really um, has a lot more to do mentally. Um, and that would definitely be something I would refer out for. But in general, if you have like a couple of fruits and vegetables that you like and you can have them on a rotation and you'll eat a couple different sources of protein um, and you're willing to eat at least like half your grains, whole grains is what we try to say, then, then that's fine. If, if you don't want to eat every single vegetable, like you don't have to do that, but you need some variability in order to make sure that you're, or some variety in order to make sure you're getting all of those different vitamins and minerals, especially, um, which is also why like I back up with the multivitamin, especially like living on my own and being a grad student. Like I can't afford to buy like five different kinds of vegetables. I buy broccoli and I eat broccoli all week long, you know, like, so I need maybe a little extra vitamin and mineral to make sure that I'm getting some other kind of things in my body. So, you know, whatever you can do. <laughs> okay. That makes me feel better for sure. I mean, I feel like I've come a long way. I mean, it's your story when you're out to eat and you're like, I'm not going to eat anything on this. That's like, that causes issues for you socially maybe, but in terms of your nutrition, you'll probably be fine. Well, it's like that one time I was on a date and I got yelled at for being picky, but it wasn't even necessarily being picky. It was just like, he asked me if I liked a certain kind of food. I think it was like Thai food. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, like that's not my favorite. I really haven't tried a lot and I, I don't think it would be my favorite I don't think I would like it yeah. and like literally he went after me he started screaming at me like yelling in the middle of this restaurant uh, that was so uncomfortable see that would definitely be like something I didn't like about someone if they were not willing to try new foods but foods are important to me and trying different things um that being said, like I'm picky about seafood, so we all have our things, you know, <laughs> like we're not all right. perfect eaters. So Yeah. And I mean, I used to be less open minded about trying different things, but like living with my roommate, she mm -hmm. if she listens to this, she'll be laughing because <laughs> she forces me to try different things. And um yeah, it's like I've become a lot more open minded just from living with her. And I think like my taste buds have probably changed and I know that that does happen right yeah. no they definitely do like as you get older your taste buds are are going to change and just the amount of exposure you have to different foods um so you'll like different things as you as you grow and that's okay yeah it's okay we all have our things mm -hmm. so I just try not to judge other people for their things and hopefully they don't judge me for being but it is what it is people are gonna judge you no matter what you do though that's just a general life tip so that's true yeah that is true it's unfortunate but yes it's true do what you want um <laughs> so uh 
going back to, I, I remember this earlier in the conversation and I was so excited to get to my little special segment about asking you questions um, that I want to kind of circle back and, and talk about how your path, I've, I said your path and my path are very different. And I think that's true. But at the same time, there's a lot of similarities about um, singing and eating mm -hmm. And, and those two fields, like if you want to say like nutrition, dietetics and like music or singing, mm -hmm. because a lot of people will claim to be experts in probably in food, like kind of what you were saying, like anyone could be a nutritionist or claim to be one um, with very little training. And I think that's the case with a lot of music too. Like people will go on YouTube and literally act like they know everything when they don't know anything and people will get fooled by that especially if you don't have a background in it like you might think oh yeah they know what they're talking about when they really don't mm -hmm. so I think it's interesting all the different parallels you can make between the two yeah definitely I think like I think I know how to sing but I don't really know how to sing you know and I think I would be shocked at how much I didn't know if I just like took a class from you, you know, like listen to you talk about it. And I have like listened to you talk about singing a little bit and been like, Oh, I didn't even know you could do that. I didn't know that was a thing. And I think, um, it just, it has a lot to do with like how much you learn. And the more I learn about nutrition, the more I know that I don't know. Um, which is, I mean, I think education in general, but yeah, I think so many people like they, the fad diets and especially in dietetics, like it's so hard to fight. Um, you really feel like you're fighting with those influencers who have so many followers and have like these really exciting messages, like lose 20 pounds in two days. And it's, you know, the dietetics message is just like, just eat a healthy diet, you know, <laughs> like it's not, it's not particularly interesting or different. Um, it's not necessarily what people want to hear all the time. Um, but yeah, I think everyone, they think they, they think they know a lot more about the thing, whether it be singing or nutrition, because they can do it on their own to a certain extent, you know, like most people can, can sing technically, but is it good? <laughs> like, I don't know. Everyone can feed themselves for the most part, but like, are they, do they really understand um, the nutrition? Debatable, you know, like, do they know? Right, right. And just because you can learn some things from Google does not mean mm -hmm. that you're an expert in it. And I, I don't know, a pet peeve of mine is like when I have a student who will go and Google something and bring it to me. And that's, that part is fine. Like, go ahead and try to learn more. That's really great, actually. Right. But come and try to tell me that you know so much about it. And then you start spewing, like, really false information mm -hmm. and trying to, like, almost convince me that it's a certain way. And then, you know, you're not receptive to when I tell you that's not true. That's when it becomes a problem. Um but I love when you get the people that think that they're experts because they Google search something. Well, and what's really concerning is it can, it can even be dangerous. Like I'm sure in singing, you can harm your voice, but you know, and in nutrition, like I mentioned, people go vegan 
on their own, kind of go rogue and they're like, I'm going to follow this new diet without telling any healthcare professional. Um, and that can be harmful to your health and, you know, certain things you choose to do in your diet can be harmful to your health. So you might have done some reading or whatever it is you did, but I would say like, you definitely still need to go, you know, cause I mean, I think I said some things that you said you'd never heard before. So I'm sure you've done a Google search on veganism at one point in your life, you know, like whether you just got stuck in a Google hole and it's amazing what you can miss just by trying to look up information on your own. And when you don't really understand like the processes behind that information. So it's dangerous that it's all out there. It's helpful, but it can also be pretty dangerous. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And I think it just goes to show how important it is to have experts in a certain field, like whether that be nutrition or music or what. And, mm-hmm. and like, I'm always saying like people in the sciences, like that's so important, like d- doctors, nurses, dietitians, like all of that is so important. Um, because we really can't Google search that stuff and, and be experts because you go through like years and years and years right. to study what you do and learn what you do. Um, for musicians, I mean, there are things that you can learn on your own that are not like incorrect. Mm -hmm. And it's, I mean, you can hurt your voice, but are you really going to hurt yourself? Like, uh, maybe not, maybe, I mean, that's hard to tell. It's less, I don't want to say less important, but it's, um, it's not like life or death. I think some like medical things are a little more life or death. Mm -hmm. Um, but still it goes to show that like, either way musicians dietitians any of it like it's really important to have those experts and to like seek them out and use them and not try to do it on your own right right just just to focus though like sorry I don't know that's not really the right phrase for that I just want to say that even though like what I do might be a little more important to like your physical health I think like the arts at least for me too, as a music lover, like so important to like the reason why I want to live and be healthy are like for things like the arts. Um, They're what make life enjoyable. So they might not keep you alive, but in a way like they definitely can, you know? Um, So I feel like that just needs to be said. I'm not even trying to downplay or I don't know, Right. There are so many people in the field of science in general who think that the job that we do is so much more important than someone else's job. Um, And I just think that's not true because if everyone just did science and we all just like kept each other alive all the time, do we want to be alive? Like, what are we doing? You know, like, is that really that much fun? Right, right. No, that's true. You got to have a little bit of balance. And it's that left brain, right brain, like you got to have all of it. Um, You can't have too many people with with just the left brain. um, Because that would be not so exciting. But yeah, no, I think it's like really important to talk about both of those things and not to say that one is more important than the other, because I think they're both equally important, just in very different ways. So yeah, no, that's a really mm-hmm. great point. So, yeah, so I have one final question for you. And that is, um, 
if you could leave my listeners with just like one piece of advice as a person in your 20s who's studying nutrition, and this could be just a generalized thought or nutrition specific, um, like what advice would you give for other people, maybe younger people coming up into their 20s? Yeah, I would say, I would say it's okay if you don't know what you're doing or you don't feel like you're doing the right thing and just to feel, you know, unsure, that's all very much okay. Um, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, and as cliche as it is, like there will be a reason that you went through whatever it is you went through or, you know, even if it wasn't awful. So just kind of keep going, try to do what you want to do. And um, yeah, it's just your 20s. You'll be all right. You're still learning. Yeah, no, that's great advice. I uh, need to take that to heart, especially right now. So like I'm giving that advice, but you know, we're only halfway through the 20s. There's still time. Yeah. There's still time. So, yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on my podcast, Brooke. It's been great. Super informative. This has probably been like the most informative podcast that I have had. Um, most scientific, for sure. <laughs> yeah, thanks again. And I will see all of you next week for a new episode coming out on Monday. Thanks, everyone.